And that is the disembodied voice of Merle Kelch as we get ready for your Making Financial Sense program here on AM550, FM 99.9, WSAU, online at WSAU.com as well. As we head on over to the phone lines now for the actual embodied voice of one Merle Kelch, who is joining us live from his uh, luxurious studio near Tomahawk. Merle, good morning. <laughs> you make it sound like I'm AI, like I'm not really a person. You know, I'm just sort of a, I'm like this floating head, like Max Headroom, if anybody my age remembers that stuff. Or, or know, just, uh, what do like, they call that now? The uh, chat uh, GPT, something like yeah, that? G- GPT, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the first version of this. So my luxurious studio, folks, is sitting at a table full of a bunch of groceries on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I came up this weekend to relax, and I have to take all the stuff that has two years of past expired dates of canned goods out of the closet and put them all back in again. So that's my, or the cupboard, that's my uh, my job for today. So I got a lot of stress on me. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, organizing something like that is uh, certainly certainly an, a something you don't want to do. Uh, you know, yeah. all at once. You want to do it gradually over time. Right. Just ask me again. I just recently switched uh, my office space up around here, and uh, this happened at the turn of the new year. I'm still throwing things away yeah, in sure. the new office. So, uh, and, uh, and, uh, some of the things that have been found have been historic artifacts uh to say the least before we get uh too deep into the uh you know the markets this week uh, because again it was another up and down week Uh, things did end a little higher but there's still some concerns about some of the inflation numbers we'll get to that in just a bit but first uh merle obviously if we're making financial sense the first thing you want to do is absolutely uh by all means necessary protect your assets, protect your investments, and more importantly, protect the numbers that can unlock those assets and those investments. And by that, we mean things like social security numbers, credit card numbers, uh, even your name and address and things like that can uh, uh, open up doors for uh, scammers. And we believe it or not, we have what the sheriff's office hasn't confirmed is a scam, but it's certainly something that... uh, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's a duck. That's going on right now here in Marathon County as uh, officers say that they've received numerous reports from the Stratford, uh, Mosinee areas, rural areas of the county. Somebody going around door to door trying to sell what they're calling uh, heart attack or stroke insurance. Now, uh, Merle, when when you hear about something like this and, and what it can cost people, I'm sure that's something that... Uh, in your line of work, at the very least, makes your ears perk up and yeah, yeah. Uh, at the very worst, uh, probably makes you fearful for some of your clients. You know, it, it does. Um, we, we've done a, a, a long-time job with a lot of our clients of saying, if somebody's trying to sell you something, let us know. Um, I'm not going to tell people if it's you know, good or bad from that standpoint unless they ask that question, but at least I can tell people whether or not it seems viable. You know, give me the names of the company. I'll tell you if it's a real company or not. You know, the, the, the insurance industry, especially from door-to-door, and we're going into the rural communities um, or inside of uh, um, uh, poorer communities, um, is, is a thing that's happened for eons and years and years and years, just trying to take advantage. <clears throat> My father, many, many years ago, ended up buying a, um, a policy, and at the time, uh, well, I'm not even going to go into the name because it probably shouldn't do that on radio, but it's a company that's been around for a long time, and they sold um, accident insurance policies. 
And uh, the agent at the time um, went through and made it sound like they were selling a health insurance policy in case something happened. You'd have all this great health insurance or life insurance. And it was really inexpensive, maybe like $20 a month or something of that nature. So my dad had bought the policy, and I was still new in this industry yet at that point in time. And I looked at it, and I said, Dad, what do you think this is? He said, well, they told me it was this, this, and this. Well, my dad, folks, uh, couldn't read and write. I mean, he was illiterate, um, very smart man, but he, he couldn't read. And so um, these people essentially took advantage of my dad and telling him what it was because he couldn't read what, what it actually was. And um, and so from that term, I, I called them garbage policies. And whether they are or not, who knows, but that's my opinion of them. And so this uh, was completely sold under the different pretenses of what it actually was. And, and you see a lot of this stuff happen. If I had to take my guess, this might be what it is, is, is exactly that. Um, somebody coming by door-to-door selling something that uh, um, isn't consistent with what it was. You know what? And a lot of people just don't go door-to-door selling insurance stuff anymore. Um, boy, it used to be that, that way a long time ago. Um, in fact, uh, in many cities, if uh, anybody's from a bigger town, I don't think they did it in Wausau, but um, Prudential, and I'm nothing bad about this, um, Prudential would stop by door-to-door and, and, and collect your insurance money for uh, your life insurance premium. They did that for years and years and years. They had a little ticket and They'd pay your premium, they'd collect the cash and deposit in the company to make sure that it would be paid up. And so um, from that, I think a lot of people then uh, started taking advantage of people stopping at their homes um, and selling insurance policies that you know, probably shouldn't be there to begin with. Indeed. And and again, we do want to clarify that the uh, Marathon County Sheriff's Office hasn't officially come out and called this a scam, but they have also said that they have not issued uh, any sort of peddler's licenses recently to allow for this kind of activity to occur in the county the other thing that uh, again as i said earlier if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck then it's a duck uh that they've been asking is uh, when people are home or if they're home alone all day or things like that and maybe taking a look at what's behind the person uh as they're standing there in the doorway to see if there's anything you know worth uh that may be worth something uh, uh of value uh, to be taken if there's a time of day when the home's not occupied. So be yep. very careful about things like this. And again, I want to bring this up not only you know in my job as news director here at WSAU, which is uh, to bring you the news every day and, and allow you to be informed on things like this when they do happen, but also in the sense of this show, because as you mentioned, uh, there can be a significant loss for this. And, and once money is gone sometimes like this, it is very hard uh, to have it recovered, especially if you are dealing in cash or other uh, forms of payment uh, like gift cards. Absolutely. You know, we, we all work hard to put our money away and save our money and think we're buying something of value for our family. And a lot of times uh, industries like this um, or individuals, and it really comes from the one, I suppose, the companies that have the product, but the individuals that are selling it are selling stuff that probably most people don't need or isn't part of what they should do. Um, uh, and, and it's difficult to see because now it's money that you're not able to use for other things, um, you know, and, and uh, it makes it certainly uh, difficult by all stretches of the imagination. So, again, uh, your your advice to uh, to your clients if they were to come to you with something like this uh, would be? Ask another person. You know, so if somebody comes by, obviously you don't sign any documents, say give me the information or the paperwork. I'll be happy to read it and take a look at it. Um, and then ask somebody else. You know, say, okay, I've got this. What's your opinion on this? Uh, my mom, God bless her, um, every time she gets some sort of solicitation in the mail, she thinks it's real. And uh, so she'll hold it, and uh, thank God she listens to her son. 
And she goes, what's this? Is it real? I'm like, no, Mom, it's not. It's a solicitation. Throw it out. You know, that type of stuff. And, and so it's a, probably one of the best things. You know, one of the, the big things, everybody uh, who's listening, um, and I say this it, it for um, benefit of everybody, if something that's going on, is the Securities Exchange Commission, um, along with FINRA, is working very diligently on having everybody have a trusted contact. And what a trusted contact is, and, and we uh, um, uh, sent a letter out to our clients, and if you're one of our clients, this is the infamous chicken letter. I'll explain that in a second. But having a trusted contact, because as our demographic is getting older, um, of course our memory slips and you know things aren't quite right. And, and if we're you know, having some confusion, um, somebody needs to know what's going on. And so the difficulty from my part as being a, a financial professional is I can't um, uh, call your kids, Mike, and say, hey, um, Dad's got investments here because now I can't say that because I can't disclose that you have investments and where. Um, and that whole bit. And so with it, it becomes some difficulty in there. So now they're having a trust to contact and people are writing a name in so that, Mike, if you come in the office and you start acting like a chicken and bucking, mm-hmm. bucking and bucking that whole bit, um, I've got permission ahead of time to call your son and say, hey, Dad's getting a little crazy here. Uh, maybe you, uh, you guys should have him evaluate or something of that nature. Um, he's been to my office. And so that's a big thing that's out there. And the reason I say that is, uh, is a lot of people buck a little bit on this and saying, well, I don't want you know my child to know how much money I have in accounts. Say, no, no, that's that's not it. Um, they can't ask how much you have or what's the value and how many accounts. That's not it. They can't change anything, buy or sell anything. All it does is gives your financial professional per- permission to tell your family that you might be off or there's something a little bit wrong. And with that aging demographic, um, I bet we're going to see more and more of this door-to-door stuff taking advantage of, of people. Um, so because some people, I mean, we're getting older. We're, we're forgetting. I mean, heck, right now I have to write down on my hand what I went to the refrigerator to get because I forgot, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's a, it's a big thing that's out there. So, folks, if you're listening and one of your financial professionals say, you know, we got this thing called, a, you know, a trusted contact, um, sign it. it it's a, just a great idea in which to do so. Now, the part that's so boring about this and where we talked about the uh, the chicken letter is when this started in full swing all over a year and a half, two years ago, um, we get, of course, a sample document that comes from your broker-dealer and it comes from FINRA and that whole bit. And it's got all these sightings. You have to use these statutes and these references and that whole bit to you know, get people to explain why they want to do this. Um, and I just simply said, this is just, it puts me to sleep. And so I put a letter out there to all my clients and said, you know, you know, none of us are getting older, uh, younger, blah, blah, blah. And so some of us are slipping. And so if you come in the office acting like a chicken or bucking or, you know, plucking or whatever the term is the chicken is doing, <laughs> I said, we need to um, uh, make sure that we have somebody we can tell and to pull course and put in they can't change anything and do the numbers and change and all that sort of thing. We put it in there. And our response back that we got um, uh, was just tremendous compared to the uh, rest of our broker dealer across the country. And so from it, they've taken the letter and added a few more things to it, uh, but it's become the, the model of a, a number of people. <laughs> and we humorously call it the chicken letter. And the clients will, our clients will actually go, oh, yeah, I remember that one. Okay, they, mm-hmm. they assign a response and send it in. So, but watch for that, folks. It's enormously important. Um, obviously, it may not be important to me, uh, but if I start, you know, not k- kicking on all cylinders, um, I want uh, my kids to know uh, that uh, – you know, they have some permission or somebody's watching out for me. And so um, watch for that, folks, if you get that contact. And, again, um, it's all part of this thing in the door-to-door, which is what we uh, 
started from in our conversation here. Indeed. He is Merle Kelch, and we are making financial sense on AM 550, FM 99.9, WSAU, online at WSAU.com as well. Even though Merle is on the phone at the remote studio in Tomahawk, we do still have an open phone line for you. So if you have a question about this or any other financial planning question, do feel free to give us a call at 715-845-2155. We'll be able to put you in touch with Merle and uh, take your call live on the air. We'll have more with Merle Kelch coming up next here on WSAU. And they're talking about this Biden green 401 new K rules. Um, and it sounds like uh, they're trying to go after our 401ks now. I'm just wondering what his opinion is of that. Should we pull our money out of 401ks and put it in annuities? Or what's the right thing to do? Sure, sure. Um, Sherry, <clears throat> you have like eight questions in there, so let's go ahead and try to get some of those in there, but at least to try to um, help you out to uh, get you. So first of all, don't don't go pulling stuff out of your 401k. That just doesn't make any sense at this point. So um, there's a couple things I'd like to back up into and some old stuff, and I'll talk more about Biden's green 401k in a second. But whenever we, we send, tend to have some sort of a recessionary event comes on, there's always somebody inside of Congress that goes through and says, well, we have to protect everybody from themselves, and we're going to nationalize all the 401Ks, and we're going to take them inside. And so we hear that all the time, and it's, it's just the probability is just not going to happen. The only time we've ever seen this happen was, um, I believe it was in Argentina back in the 90s, and it's simply because the country's financial stuff was just so bad at that point in time. The government took control of the 401Ks so that they wouldn't go down in value and disappeared. And they essentially turned them into an income for everybody, a pension at that point in time. And then subsequently, you know, have have brought things back to where they're supposed to be. So at that point in time, so I wouldn't expect that to be the case. You know, don't think that the 401k is going to be taken away or that type of nature. So the other part is, is is Biden's been pushing for what they're calling a green 401k, which is using this thing of of ESG and having companies that invest through their 401k have this um, environmental social governance to it, or ESG, and that's what they're calling the green 401k, which I think is a, a bunch of BS. And, and and the reason I say a bunch of BS, and I don't think it's going to continue on, because wokeism seems to be dying off, and we'll talk about that in a second. It's actually one of my notes for today that we had. Um, so in here, they're trying to say that the companies that are investing inside of the 401k have to be you know, environmentally um, socially and governance responsible on the inside. But at the same time, you have then the Securities Exchange Commission and FINRA says that you have to have um, accountability and a fiduciary in trying to get the best returns for the least amount of fees. And the two don't match up, okay? Um, I've been in this business for a long time, and Cherry, when I first started out, I worked with a lot of teachers in a school district in the Milwaukee area. And in there, a lot of them wanted to have socially responsible investments. And so there was a whole family of funds that did socially responsible investing. But as time, we'd find out that they might have five different socially responsible funds by their definition, but it may not have been, Sherry, your definition or my definition or even Mike's definition. And so nobody could come to consensus on what socially responsible meant. Um, And I think we see the same thing start to happen with the green 401k that Biden is producing and saying, well, what's ESG for company A is not for company B, and it might not be for employee A and employee C. So with it, I think we see that start to fall apart. So um, if our rate of, our expectation is to get the best rate of return we can, 
um, it may fall into a difference of what somebody thinks is environmentally responsible because they don't want to have any money inside of an oil and gas company. So all that stuff becomes a big jumbled mess. And as a result of that, Sherry, I wouldn't have a lot of fears about anything going on with it. Okay, thank you. But I hope that helps. All right. Yeah, thanks for the call. Again, 715-845-2155 is the number to call right there. And, um, you know, Merle, there's a lot to unpack there, whether it's, uh, you know, from getting the best rate of return on your investments to, uh, you know, kind of trying to cherry pick which companies you do invest in and and where. Uh, Obviously, uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, like, you know, John Q public might just have that 401k through their employer. There's really no way of knowing what kind of companies you are investing in there inside that 401k because somebody well, else are, is managing it for yeah, you and, mean, and you don't get to see yeah. that. You just see the rate of return on your statement. You can, but there's a lot of digging that has to be done. You know, so um, it's all out there. It's all disclosed. And, and I've said it many times before, Mike, <clears throat> the thing I really love about the investment world today versus when I started 30 years ago is the amount of information that's out there. You can find the information on anything today, which is great if you're going to invest and you want to pay attention to it. You can see what's going on with all of your investments. You can find that information. Um, as 30 years ago, you couldn't because there was no Internet that at least worked functionally like it did today. Uh, but the the difficulty comes in here is when you have companies, and I'm, I'm just going to put it out there, Blackstone is one of the biggest things that they want to be ESG and everything. It's environmentally, socially, and environmentally environment ha, environmentally social governance esg as they say um well it's that that whole wokeism that they're trying to do and so the what's happening though is that whole wokeism is is starting to shoot people in the foot and so when these companies are trying to manage your 401k and BESG and shoot themselves in the foot are they getting a maximum rate of return they're supposed to for a client and so all this stuff is really kind of turning into this big cesspool of uncertainty to a certain degree, but I don't think it's any reason for us to get out of 401k and saving and putting that money in 401k and getting that company match component if your company does that. So I don't think there's any reason to change that. And so some examples of what I mean, uh, you know, uh, BlackRock, been a great investment for them. All of a sudden they wanted to start doing ESG and all the rates of returns are starting to slow a little bit comparatively. Um, and if that's the case because of their Investment choices, well, the natural consequence is going to be somebody's going to use a different investment firm. Um, we see Disney. You know, Disney, um, old guy out, new guy in. Um, consequences of the old guy at the helm, and boy, I can't think of his name. Um, Iger just came back, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he um, tried to do a bunch of wokeism in Florida, and now they just lost their independent status uh, and being able to govern themselves inside of Florida. That now has changed. Um, and now people are upset because um, Iger said, well, you're coming back in the office now. You're not working from home anymore. And people didn't like that. And, you know, uh, we see, um, uh, you know, Salesforce, which is the company that's out there, same thing. They were, you know, all about wokeness, and now they're uh, having problems. And and uh, uh, they're saying, well, maybe we need to, you know, uh, do some work or do things differently. So a lot of companies are having issues with this stuff about this wokeness and this ESG and this environmental social governance. Because how do you measure? One company's measure is different than another, and I know I'm rambling a bit here, but uh, things are, are changing on how companies um, are going to do things, and it's going to come down to the bottom line like it always does in our world. You know, who's able to perform? You know, simple as that. Indeed. He's Merle Kelch. We are making financial sense on AM550, FM 99.9 WSAU. We'll have more with Merle coming up next, but first, a look at the news headlines for today. Kelch. 
Merle joining us today from the remote uh, location up in Tomahawk. I am WSAU's Mike Leishner with you in the studio. And uh, Merle, uh, you know, it uh, always blows my mind just exactly how globally connected everything is right now. Again, the butterfly mm-hmm. effect, or as uh, my mother used to say when my dad was talking uh, farming too long, the price of rice in China, because literally, you know, prices in China and things that happen over there do affect uh, how the financial markets are here in the United States. Yeah, yeah. yeah all those old things, by the way, um, really bother me because I literally tried to dig a hole in China when I was a kid. So, you know, I hit water, thank God, in the backyard. But, you know, my parents think, <laughs> what in the are you doing? Well, I tried to dig a hole in China. You didn't because, call 811 no. before you, you started digging? <laughs> really? Oh, they didn't have phones back then. It was okay, a long well, time ago. Again, people, we don't condone this. Call 811 before you dig. <laughs> so, folks, there's there's an article I was out here this past week, and I thought it was interesting from multiple standpoints. Um, you know, I have long said, um, imagine a surprise on people's faces when they find out that, you know, China is actually a communist country. And like, what? And it surprises me how many people just don't get that. You know, going back to, you know, 1948, 1949, uh, when Mao Zedong took over, they basically went through and they told Pepsi and Ford and everybody else, get out of our country, you're done. And they basically just took over the assets, and that was it, you lost. And so I've never forgotten that from uh, from history class, and yes, I did actually take those. And all of a sudden we come through, and um, uh, Mark Mobius, who, if you're in the investment world, you know who Mark Mobius is. He'd be like a John Templeton or something of this nature. He's been an international investor for a long time. I've uh, been uh, privileged to have met him several instances Smart, 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 smart guy. So there's an article by um, Christian Altus um, in uh, um, Fox Business that popped up yesterday. And so he's actually putting a warning out there. He has personal money inside of a bank at uh, HSBC in Shanghai, Shanghai, and the Chinese government won't let him take his money out. Um, He said they're not going through and saying you can't pull your money out, but they have all these rules, and now they're saying, well, where did this money come from? We need 20 years' worth of documents, all that sort of stuff on this account, and all these sort of stuff, and, and uh, making it so we can't pull his money out. So with that, then, is this the start of something like this once again where the Chinese government is, is seizing assets, maybe in a different way uh, of anything else? Um, but remember, folks, you know, if you want to look forward to where business is going to go and you have to look at the companies that are bringing business back into America, and I think that's it's going to be a, a good thing looking forward because um, it just makes sense. So... Um, on that, here's a you know one of the the wealthier investors around the world um, doing stuff in China and won't let him take his money out of his bank. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, absolutely. And that, I think that brings up uh, another great question with all this because obviously we are seeing uh, with the United States government and local governments, we are seeing a ban on the social media app TikTok that's being implemented at many different levels of government. Even the Portage County government has banned it from their devices and their uh, Wi-Fi network in their county buildings. We've seen states do bans. We are uh, seeing a a possible national ban as well, or at least a bill going through Congress that would allow President uh, Biden or whoever is president at the time to to ban the app because people are concerned about what could happen if uh, a device that is connected to TikTok gets connected to a government network, what kind of wormholes that could open uh, for people to start looking at things, manipulating things like that. So if we do see something like that, China has threatened to retaliate. So, I mean, 
Merle, where I'm going with this is, you know, could we be seeing something that an app that's, you know, used by teenagers to, uh, you know, connect with each other? Could we suddenly see that having an impact on the greater economy because China may retaliate from us for banning this app? Well, um, certainly they're going to. I mean, uh, we stopped, and it, who knows to, to what degree, but, you know, you look at uh, the prior administration and said, you know, um, Yahweh was having the same type of an issue when they were collecting data and all that sort of thing. And uh, they said, we're not going to use Yahweh. And uh, there was some retaliation, but not that much to make a difference. And, and people have to, to realize, um, you know, we really don't need China. They need us. Um, and, and, and we have to simply understand that part. But, you know, we just have to you know, be mindful if we're having any dealings or thinking about China as a country and even with us locally. We just have to be mindful of that. Um, on, on what goes on. I have clients that have done manufacturing with China for a long period of time, and they always have to say, well, we just have to be mindful on what they're doing and in what direction things are going to go. Um, so the biggest thing that's out there then uh, from this, and this kind of leads into it, I guess, is this whole AI thing um, with artificial intelligence. So the artificial intelligence has driven the marketplace throughout the course of the last couple of uh, of. Of, of weeks here, I mean, just dramatically, and probably even going even a little bit more this year, um, to the point that you know we just saw the 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 market snap snap a four week of losses. There's an article by Christine, oh geez, Azelis and William Watts. So um, in here, as I adjust my bifocal so I can see, uh, the U.S. stock market then sharply higher. Uh, Dow snaps a four week loss, uh, weeks of losses amid um, signs of resilient economy. And um, a lot of this is inside of the tech sector that drove the market back up again, and a bunch of it has been because of AI, this artificial intelligence. A number of weeks ago, Microsoft uh, said that inside of its search platforms, it's now going to start using a company called ChatGPT. So the push, folks, is for companies to have artificial intelligence so that we can simply talk to our computer, much like you might see on a sci-fi movie or Star Trek. You mm -hmm. talk to the computer and they make stuff happen. Um, and it, it's, it's starting to get there. Um, now, they've done some tests on, uh, you know, complex equations and mathematics and that kind of stuff with Chet, uh, GPT, and that part wasn't there. But other parts, they, they pretty got it, got it nailed pretty good. Interestingly enough, uh, the company called Open Source that created Chet, uh, GPT, was um, helped founded and funded by um, Elon Musk. And he said, this isn't going the way I want it to go. And so he backed out of the company. Um, and the company continued on with Microsoft going in. So now... Microsoft, through its Bing search engine, is not going to start using Chat GPT, and that just made the market take off because it's one of the first companies that announced this thing. We're going to use this type of a platform for search. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see the direction, but it could really change how we do stuff from a computer standpoint. So this, mm -hmm. in addition to quantum computing that's called up, which is making a computer think as fast as a human mind, um, things are um, um, changing um, quickly in that environment, we're seeing that tech sector just jump up dramatically throughout the course of the last couple of months. So it's all as the market is, is for what is to come and how they can do things differently and better. So we'll see where that direction goes on that AI. Mm -hmm. um, think about it uh, for a second, folks. You might have the ability to say, okay, computer, or whatever the name of the computer is. I know my phone's got a different name than my house, and I'll keep getting those two confused. <laughs> I'm surprised they're not each yelling at me. But anyway, you can say, computer, I want to do my taxes. Uh, let's get these forms set up. 
And the computer comes back and says, oh, you might need this form too. Um, you had this, and the computer could ask a question such as, um, did you have this type of an expense? Did you have that type of an expense? Did you do this? Did you do that? And remember, Merle, back in this state in uh, February, you did this. Remember, we had stored that information. Do you want me to print the documents or just send it out? And you could have that conversation and have that stuff with your computer doing your taxes. It's coming. I mean, that, that sort of stuff is coming, folks. Don't know if it's coming in one year, three years, or five years, but it's coming. It, um, that AI is getting that good. And we've all seen how this movie ends. At least Marvel fans have, because it was <laughs> Avengers Age of Ultron, and it did not end well. Yeah. And we had a we had an entire European, uh, uh, well, a fictitious European city floating in the sky for like a good 30 minutes or so. And it was not a pretty sight. Of course, that's the yeah. uh, the joke behind it. But yeah, you're what what you're uh, what you're describing there again it, it doesn't sound it doesn't seem as far fetched as it as it did uh, certainly a few years ago and uh, there's you know, and, and as, as technology is accelerating it's, it's getting huge but it's all you know we got to have the stuff made in america and that's where the direction is going one thing i want to put out there folks is that um, this past week we had a couple of numbers of course um, um, labor held itself up pretty good and and uh, labor in a conversation uh, from articles by my favorite economist Brian Westbury um, and went through and said that, remember, we have to look at labor because labor is like the, the last leg to drop before a recessionary event starts to hurt, um, happen. So labor tends to continue to hold up and hold up until then it doesn't and things start slowing up. And though inside of the article he's talking about, you know, though it's the last to drop, it seems to be holding up really well. So in his opinion is this whole belief that we have that we won't have any recession. He doesn't believe it. He thinks that we're still going to have a recession. I do too. We just don't know how, you know, how deep it might be. But I think we have a slowdown in a recessionary period of time. Things is just inevitable. It's going to be the case as we have the interest rates that go have gone up. Now, we have to remember with everybody listening that the interest rates that have gone up, um, it takes about a year for them to start. Well, the interest rates just started going up a year ago. And so the, only the first amount of interest rates have really had a chance to get into the economy. And that's going to continue to start having an effect. We're seeing it with real estate pretty much across the country. Uh, 47 of 50 states are now showing negative real estate prices starting to happen. Uh, three are still showing prices going up. And so with it, um, we, we see that we have a recession or a slowing down coming up. Uh, the labor drop is part of it, but I just want to put people out there, don't get overly excited that we think this is over. It's not. Um, we, still might see, we still might not see uh, any improvements to the economy um, uh, for a year yet um, and continue to see it slowing, which it is, but we're just not falling apart. I hope that makes sense. 715. Okay, but it's slowing. 715-845-2155 is the number to call if you've got a question for Merle of something that uh, he said there has has perked up your interest or it might be something that you want to hear more about. Certainly give us a call and we can get you on the air with Merle here on Making Financial Sense. One more thing I wanted to, to ask about then before we before we take our next uh, time out and get into this day with uh, Chris Conley, you mentioned uh, you know again things like the interest rates, which uh, just started coming back up about one year ago. At this time, we are are already seeing many credit card interest rates at twenty percent or or even higher, or mm-hmm. some even closer to twenty five, maybe even thirty percent, depending on what kind of card you have. I know one of your big things uh, a few months ago was. Make sure you're getting those debts like that paid down immediately because mm-hmm. money is going to start costing you more, and uh, quite frankly, it is. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, recessions are okay. I mean, I don't like them, but we can get through it. But there's certainly some smart things that we can do from a recessionary standpoint. And and you start having a recessionary standpoint. My opinion is, and this is my opinion, is you know, if you can get your car paid off. I mean, don't have a car payment, don't have a credit card payment, because those additional assets or monies that you'd have by not having those payments, well, you know, certainly go through inside of your pot to uh, you know continue to pay bills or do stuff as things start slowing down. And you also build an emergency in case there is a layoff or you find yourself laid off for a while. Um, that stuff builds up that type of reserve for that. Um, and so another part of that, too, is can you retire during retirement? Or if there's a recession, can you retire? And the answer is most certainly you can. I mean, you don't have to, you know, wait until the recession's over to be able to retire. Uh, but the things that I would do differently, though, is is during a, a, a retirement, if there's a recession coming on, make sure that the income that you're going to have is guaranteed and the other money that you're putting away and investing are investing years down the road. I mean, that's the, the better direction or way in which to do so. And there's a number of ways you can have your income guaranteed through annuities, through municipal bonds, uh, different places like that to make sure that that income stream is coming. And, and now, though it's not guaranteed, but the bond marketplace is coming back where you can start getting, in corporate bonds, you can start getting some good interest rates um, on coming through that. So there mm-hmm. are places to go, but I would make sure that your income is going to remain stable regardless of what happens with the marketplace. And then that money you're putting in the marketplace, you have the ability to put it in there and let it sit for three or five years before you need it. That uh, it just seems to be a, a better type of plan at this point in time. 715-845-2155 is the number to call. We do have somebody on the line right now. Good morning. You're making financial sense with Merle Kelch. Who are we talking to? Uh, Harlan. Um, what I'm interested in is uh, municipal bonds, double tax, free, uh, that'd be Wisconsin bonds. What does he think uh, is going to happen with them, say, within the next six months? Well, I, I, I think they're fantastic. We can find them. I haven't seen them for a while myself, but... Um, you know, if you get to pick up the double tax freeze, it's fantastic. Uh, Wisconsin is notorious that they don't issue a ton of them that are out there. Uh, boy, I used to love the old Brewer bonds, they called them, the uh, Southeast Wisconsin Sports Authority bonds. They were great bonds, great rates. Um, but I like the municipals. We can get some nice rates on them. I think the municipals have come a lot farther uh, down the pipe here as far as uh, yields go than corporate bonds. Corporate bonds, in my opinion, are still a little bit low yet. So the thing I would just simply make sure you're, you're doing um, is if you're buying the bonds, buy the physical bonds, not the bond mutual funds. And if you buy them, buy them in $25,000 increments um, or higher. That way, if you need to resell them or want to resell them, you're going to get a better price for it. But look for the insurance, look for the reinsurance, get some guarantees if you can. Um, but I think uh, uh, munis are a great way to look at right now. Again, 715-845-2155 is the number to call. We have Chris Conley with this day coming up next here on WSAU. 8.53 on this Saturday morning on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU and online at WSAU.com. We are making financial sense with Merle Kelch in our last segment of the show here. So for the last seven minutes, if you have a question for Merle, feel free to give him, give us a call, I should say. At 715-845-2155. Again, just because Merle is on the phone doesn't mean we don't have an open phone line for you. Uh, Merle, we uh, don't see this every day. Uh, the latest big Powerball winner in the state of Washington, she won about $400 million taking the cash option. She hasn't retired yet. Mm-hmm. She's actually training her replacement right now at, at Boeing. 
How often do you see somebody win that kind of money? And and the first thing that they do is, well, everything but retire. Well, that's a, that's a sign of a good quality person right there. (laughs) I would say, yeah. Yeah, she's got uh, her job at Boeing until the end of March. And it says here she's currently training her replacement. $400 million richer, well, before taxes, of course, and uh, still going to work every day. Well, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I I honestly had said to my wife one time, if I won something like that in a lottery, I'd still continue to keep doing what I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really blessed that uh, I am the the epitome of I don't work for a living because I hang around with my friends every day. Um, you know, which are my uh, my clients. Um, I consider my friends. I do that every day in BS, and I get to play on the radio every Saturday. So I'd, I'd, I don't know what I'd do if I stopped doing this. So you I'll know, be doing this for a really long time. Yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm kind of in the same boat as well. You know, uh, I I'd, I'd still come in on Saturday mornings and and talk Perfect. with Merle on the radio. Well, it's hey, it's it's live radio. I don't get to do this much very often. Uh, most of the things I do are recorded during the week, but uh, yeah, it's always fun. It's always fun to be doing what you love for a living like that uh, too. Yeah, I know you had one other thing uh, that I, came I up do. this week that caught your attention. We had uh, we had a, a conversation this past week with uh, with a law firm with a with a client, and, and I'm not upset with a law firm or a client or anything, but I just want to put this out here for a warning. You know, if if you purchased um, annuities over the course of the last uh, several years here, really. Uh, post 2006 2007 time frame um, you have to watch out how the beneficiaries are, are done on the inside because a lot of attorneys are using irrevocable uh, trust these days which by the way are, are fantastic options and I'm not saying that they're, they're bad they're not but what happens with a lot of the annuities today folks is they have some sort of a, a guaranteed minimum withdrawal benefit so they have a guaranteed income streams which are you know really handy from my side of the desk because I can make sure that a client has those incomes. But the law firms then come in and they say, okay, we're going to take care of the estate plan, and to do that we want to take your assets and change the names and change the beneficiaries that go to the name of the trust. The difficulty comes in is let's say I have uh, this new annuity and I have guaranteed income built into it and my beneficiary is my wife, and if something happens to me, her income is going to be guaranteed too. But now when that happens, it's now actually tied to two people. So with it being actually tied to two people, that's not a bad thing unless we change who the beneficiary is. Now it's not actuarially tied. Those guarantees now fall off, and guess what? You, you don't get them back. And so we've had uh, you know a couple of phone calls over the course of the year and one this past week again uh, with attorneys coming in and they're asking questions, saying, well, we want to do this and this. And we're like, no, 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 you're not, you're not doing that. Um, I love my friends that are attorneys. They're great but they're also not investment advisors, investment professionals. Um, and so, so with that, um, just a word of caution that's out there. If you have some annuities or purchasing or purchase some annuities and you're doing some estate planning work, um, have your attorney and your financial professional talk back and forth about how the beneficiaries are and whether or not you have one of these annuities that have something actuarial between husband and wife from an income standpoint built into it. Um, you want, you're going to save yourself a whole bunch of headaches by having that conversation with those two back and forth first before you start changing the ownership and beneficiaries on annuity types of contracts. And so that's the uh, Merle Kelch tip of the day, if there's uh, such a thing. And so mm-hmm. um, I want to thank the law firm. I can't put their name out there, but uh, it wasn't our good friend that does a show for us. Mm-hmm. I want to thank them for that phone call and being um, heads up enough to ask those questions in advance before they started changing stuff for our clients. And, of course, we did talk to uh, Alan last week uh, while you were uh, busy doing uh, doing other 
uh, things. Stuff. Yes, yeah. doing wedding yeah. things. Uh, and, and that was one of the pieces of advice that, that he had was he said, oh. make sure you, you want to have uh, the legal aspects covered. You want to have the financial planning aspects covered. And, and it's even better yet, you need those two sides to talk to make sure mm-hmm. that you will get the most out of your money or if it's not you getting the most out of your money, uh, your like beneficiaries. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's important to do that, and and uh, we we've said it for a long time that I think a person's financial professional, um, as well as the the attorney that's doing the estate work, they should be talking back and forth because the two can do things differently. You know, let me give an example, um, another one on this, and and I know we got a couple minutes. I'll be brief about this, buddy. Is you know. Irrevocable trusts were great, but they can really become a tax nightmare later on um, just because of the nature of them. <clears throat> if not done right, you can end up having a huge tax bill as a result of the irrevocable trusts that are not done right. And so with it, there's uh, like one company out there, maybe two companies in the annuity industry that can offset that so you don't have all those taxable problems. And it's using annuity as your storage pot for your investments. And how they do it, they can help avoid a bunch of taxes on it. And, and so from that, you have conversations with the attorneys and the financial professionals saying, well, there's a product over here that does that, solves that sort of problem. So then everybody working together makes a more solid plan than if everybody's just kind of guessing what the other is doing. Um, so, you know, make sure you're working with the team. That's always a better direction, way to do things. Absolutely. He is Merle Kelch for Making Financial Sense on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU. Merle, we'll look forward to chatting uh, with you again uh, next week uh, live in studio, is that correct? Next week, live in studio. All right, all right. And then supposedly the week after, I'm going to be, um, yes, folks, if you see me, I'm in shape, it's round, um, but I'm going to be going through Legoland with my grandkids, at least that's the plan at this point in time. Um, I've already taught them how to use the paddles on Grandpa when he goes <laughs> over from a heart attack. All right, well, we, we will look forward to chatting again next week. This has been Making Financial Sense here on AM 550 FM 99.9 9 WSAU.